This week on Red Pixel, Dead Space lives. Sony and Microsoft enter an arms race. And an ominous book club emerges yet again. I am your host, Josh, joined by my lovely wife, Karina. We are a news-based podcast without the agenda, here to talk about the goodness of gaming and its industry at large. You can find and follow us on Twitter, at VideoGameBard for me, at G for Karina, Check out Bard's Backlog if you're not interested in the news side of the industry, and you can instead hear the review side of video games with me and my good co-host, Jared. And with that said, let's jump into corrections on this, the 13th episode of the Red Pixel Podcast. Of course, if you would like to correct us, write in to askvgb at gmail.com. AskVGB at gmail.com. That is that email where you can write in questions, corrections, comments, concerns, um, side comments, anything that you want to throw at us, we'll read it there. Haven't had a whole lot of people take us up on that. I know the audience isn't necessarily the biggest in the world either, but that is how you do that if you would like to. Talking about corrections, though, last time I... I just I feel bad, so I'm gonna just take a moment here and apologize for calling out a childhood friend of mine that I will not be naming again here, but I just kind of you know gave him a bad rap on last week's episode, talking about how he was kind of awkward and annoying and a little gross. And you know what kid isn't awkward, annoying, and gross? So I was being a little too judgmental there. I feel like I was coming off on the wrong foot. So wanted to apologize for that. I'm sure he is a great guy now. I haven't kept up with him over the course of the last 10 years or so. So who knows where he is? (laughs) I'm not going to say his name, but uh, that is, I guess, an apology. Not so much a correction as much as just uh, I shouldn't have gone as hard as I did on the guy. And, you know, like part of this podcast and part of me trying to get used to it is recognizing that this is not just a conversation with my wife there's more going on here and it's going out into public (laughs) so i gotta keep that in mind um also if you hear anything that sounds a little weird in the background or you hear uh, um, some complaining noises or something that is our cat Hades, who is very energetic right now and being very crazy, so keep that in mind. Karina, do you have any thoughts going on in your head right now? You're just kind of chilling, so yeah, wanted to check in with you. Yeah. How are you doing? Just chilling. Doing good? Just got off work, so, you know, here I am, working again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you consider this work? No, actually, I don't do anything for this (laughs) except for talk about stuff, so it's really not that bad. Okay. Good. I don't want you to feel burdened by the podcast. That would be a a bad thing. Another correction, of course, going into several here. Redfall. So Karina asked what Redfall was, and we talked (laughs) about it, even though it was on her list of anticipated games. I have a short-term memory, all right? But here's... I just want to give you the official description of Redfall. Redfall is an open-world co-op FPS from Arcane Austin. The award-winning team behind Prey and Dishonored, continuing Arcane's legacy of carefully crafted worlds and love of creative game mechanics, 
Redfall brings the studio's signature gameplay to the cooperative action and FPS genres. Plus, it's got vampires. So, there you go. That is Redfall. Just wanted to give it its due, its time in the light here, since Karina kind of oofed it last week and just said, what? (laughs) Basically, when prompted about it. Number three. The plot for Mario Rabbids. So, Karina, you also asked an interesting question about why there are rabbits that look like Mario characters. And I thought I would just explain to you what happens there. And I thought that the plot on Wikipedia did a really great job of explaining that. So, here you go. Story time. <laughs> what? Your feet are cold. <laughs> well, that's part of having them open in the air on hardwood floor, you know. Yeah, I guess. Alright, so story time here. A young inventor, an avid Super Mario fan, with the help of her robot assistant Beepo, invented a device known as the Super Merge helmet, which can merge any two objects into a single entity. She invented it with the intention to solve an energy crisis, but the device has a problem with overheating. While the inventor is out of the room, rabbits arrive in their time-washing machine and begin playing around with their belongings, time of course. Time-washing? Yeah, I don't remember where that comes from, but in the previous rabbit games, they, like, use a washing machine to travel through time. I see. Yeah, so anyway, they have that here, and they go into where this inventor is, they find Beepo, they find the Super Merge, they're messing around with it, and one of them has the helmet on and starts basically, like, firing it around and it merges rabbits with items guess what it does it merges things so one rabbit was wearing a princess peach wig and that's what comes into rabbit peach and then another one was holding a balloon which turned him into a rabbit balloon and then another one had a mario hat on so he turned into rabbit mario and so on and so forth and then of course they get sucked into a vortex and then mario gets sucked into a vortex and all the mushroom kingdom gets mixed up and that's what happens in mario plus rabbits okay so correction because we talked about samus and just her story and everything um she has both chozo and metroid dna the chozo dna was given to her as a child she grew up with the chozo and that's why she has acrobatic super abilities and then the Metroid DNA was given to her when she absorbed an X parasite. So the X is the newest thing in the story. And essentially you go down to a planet and this is where all the X parasites are. And they were kind of like researching, trying to figure out what was going on. Their group got attacked, Samus being a part of the group. And she's the only one that survived. The rest of them got eaten by the X parasites, basically. And she only survived because they injected her with Metroid DNA which is supposed to be an antithesis or something to the X-Parasite. But then she also had particles of the X-Parasite in her as well. So she's got three strands going on here. And because of that, she's just in a weird spot. Like, I, I don't... Did you ever play Fusion? So in Fusion, she has like this weird like blue suit. And the reason that she even has it is because parts of her suit aren't coming off of her body anymore. Because of the X parasite. Mm. So she's definitely in a weird messed up state <laughs> at the start of Metroid Fusion. And then by the end, it really doesn't get any better than that. So 
she's pretty powered up, but got some issues, and is, I'm really curious to see what happens with the new one as we get into it. Uh, the story ended, so I, I kind of briefly explained it, but I didn't do a good job of it, and I messed some stuff up, so this is part of the corrections here. The story ended in fusion with the revelation that the Galactic Federation is attempting to breed Metroid, as well as utilize X-Parasites for military purposes. In a final effort to remove the X-Parasite threat, since they can absorb host abilities as well as knowledge, essentially gaining infinite amounts of power, Samus crashes the space lab into SR-388, which is the planet where the X-Parasites come from, and that destroys the lab's research and the planet, and that's pretty much where they leave off. So, who knows what happens with the new one. I hope that she comes into odds with the Galactic Federation, there's a whole twist to that, but at the same time, I hope that there's a lot of fun alien madness going on, and maybe we'll see Ridley. Maybe we won't. But, you know, classic Ridley action going on. Uh, hopefully, we'll see with Metroid Dread. Number six, last correction here. There's a lot of E3 conjecture that was in last episode that is probably going to be proven wrong. So just keep that in mind. And with that said, let's jump into our red or blue segment here. And let's see if we can get Karina to say a couple of words for this podcast. First prompt here, vampires or werewolves? I would say werewolves. Werewolves. Surprising, actually, that you'd pick werewolves. Can I take it back? <laughs> <laughs> well, what made you say it in the first place? Um, I I think like most of it is kind of like how the moon is such like a I don't know important factor in their being, and then also they're just like really strong. They're really like fam, not like family, but like pack focused I guess because yeah. they're like werewolves but I don't know I feel like vampires yeah I don't know there's I think they're sexualized a little bit too much especially with like teenage like fiction and all that like if we're talking like that kind of vampire then probably werewolves but if you're talking about like sketchy looking like literally just thinking about eating you like or you know whatever they do but like really freaky looking, really scary, really strong, not human at all. Um, then I think those kind of vampires are more impressive than werewolves. But I guess it depends. So you want? So you prefer something that's going to totally just rip you to shreds? I feel like that's. <laughs> I feel like that's more realistic. Yeah. I mean, like, if, or not? Maybe not realistic, but scarier. And, like, more terrifying. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong in that vampires are definitely the sexier of the two. Yeah. And that's that's an appeal side of things that does make them less scary. Yes. For sure. Well, they're just seen as more human it's a like lot that, of times. <laughs> it's like that video that I sent you of the guy who's, like, walking. He's like, da-da-da. And he looks over and he sees the tall vampire lady from oh. Resident Evil. He's like, oh, no. Oh, gosh, please. And he goes and, yeah. like, locks himself in the room yeah. with like, the character. What? <laughs> you would never actually do that. Yeah, people don't do that with werewolves. It's like they're yeah. just big, hairy, violent 
could, yeah. will literally tear your guts out in well, front of you. they kind of like think, I feel like people think that they don't think because they're animals. Like they They're just, definitely more beast-like. Yeah, yeah, they just go into, I mean, there are some people out there that are into that. So, I mean, I can't really speak for everybody, but. But as we know from the, um, what is the vampire and lichen movies? What were those called? Underworld. Underworld, yes. Mm-hmm. As we know from that, the lichens, I guess, in those movies have a very tragic history of slavery and whatnot. So yeah, gotta feel some sympathy. Yeah, but like a classic, like a a classic Dracula, you know, like he's just kind of a regular dude, but secretly he's like sucking ladies' <laughs> blood Ew. out of their. Yeah, I gotta neck. finish that quicker. <laughs> Sorry, like, he had a just long pause left there. Left it. <laughs> Hanging, dangling right there. <laughs> but that's like, you know. Yeah. It's less scary and more just like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. I mean, Dracula definitely had its freaky moments. It was a good good book. Oh, yeah. The book's super well written. Good horror. But I, I see what you mean in those. I would still say vampires, personally. Just because they've got, I don't know. They're a little bit more fleshed out. A little more interesting, more in-depth. Yeah. You've got, like, the Dracula stuff, of course. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it does depend on your... Because I'm not a Twilight vampire. Yeah. Like, no way. Well, and are we talking about, like, you're saying either or. Is this, like, whether we would want to be one? Or is this, like, whether... Like, are we trying to just talk about which one's stories are more interesting? I'd say probably more of the latter. Because there's way more stories, I feel like, about vampires than there are about werewolves. That's probably part of it. Just a little bit more to glean. And both of them yeah. have like their interesting weaknesses. I'm trying to think of what the werewolf weaknesses are. It's a silver bullet. Silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I should remember that. And then vampires. For some reason, garlic. I don't know what the garlic is. <laughs> they explain it in the Dracula book, but I can't remember. Yeah. And it's like crosses and wooden stakes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so vampires, yeah, I just I find them a little bit more interesting, personally. Garlic. Yeah, garlic. Yeah. Got to throw the garlic in there. Number two, water levels or lava levels, red or blue, either or, take your pick. In in what? In video games. Well, um, yeah, I figure, but like... <laughs> just across all video games. The only game that I can really think of is like Mario that has both of them. I don't know if I've played too many that has like both water levels and lava levels. Cause I mean, well, even... they don't need to have both. Like you can take, so say, how do you compare the two if you're pulling them from different games though? Because it's just all of them across all of the oh. different video games and how they all stack up. So like, for instance, there's no water level in dark souls, but there's mm-hmm. a lava keep. Mm-hmm. And then, so you would kind of say like the temples like... in Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the Zelda temples. Yeah, that's, per- that's a perfect well, example. Lava levels all the way. I freaking <laughs> hate water levels. They're disgusting and they're confusing. Don't like them. Especially when you're talking about Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure... But like lava levels are usually yeah, I don't remember which one it is. hard because you die easily. Yeah. I'll take it. i'd rather die quicker than wander around aimlessly confused and have to like swim awkwardly trying to dodge electric things and (laughs) creepy yeah no i'll take water levels plus if you're talking about you take lava levels you mean oh yeah lava levels that's what i meant 
If you're talking about Zelda, you've got the Gorons, which are, like, happy. They're, like, brother, you know, like, you're, they're your friend. Whereas the, <laughs> is they uh, Samoan? Are they all Samoan? Are they? I don't know. They're uh, Gorons. Well, yeah. <laughs> they're not human at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they've got, like, don't they have, like, tattoos? And they're, like, bigger guys. And they're all, like, family. Yeah. <laughs> they probably know. are. They're based off of. Yeah, they probably are based off of Samoans. <laughs> I mean, maybe not smell it specifically, but something similar. We aren't racist, I promise. No. I, I'd agree, though. Lava levels over. Yeah. Well, I don't like water levels in any video game ever. <laughs> Anytime, like, especially in Mario games, but, like, this happens in all kinds of games. Like, once you get to a section, and it's very much a water-themed section, Yeah. I'm, like, not happy. Yeah. I'm not having fun. Even if I've loved your game up to that point, I'm like, this sucks. Stop doing this. I don't like the way that you control in water. I yeah. don't like having to like hold your breath or get to a particular point before you run out of breath. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't. Like, just any... Like, Sekiro, talking about From Software, there's a whole section where there's like a giant lake and you get this ability to like go underwater and breathe underwater, which is really nice. But that was my least favorite part of that game. And that's a really hard game with a lot of really painful parts. But then you throw water in and all of a sudden it's terrible. Are you wondering why the cat is so quiet? I thought I heard the stove. Like something on the stove moving. You can go check on him. Okay. Yes, water levels for sure. As Karina is away very quickly, I will introduce our last of the red or blue here. Physical or digital is the question, and this is, of course, the medium by which you have um, items, <laughs> right? I'm trying to think of like a specific, because you can have physical or digital movies, you can have physical or digital money, you can have literally anything can be physical or, or digital at this point in history, and it's only going to get more intense in that way i mean you have people that are literally marrying digital avatars and that's their love what was he doing Ew, what are you talking about <laughs> i'm talking about physical or digital uh that's the next oh, prompt oh, oh. physical or digital that's the, that's what? what i'm saying it could be literally all kinds of stuff so like movies money Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. I thought you were talking Lovers. about... Lovers. Like... Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Food? <laughs> I mean, I... Digital food's not going to do you any good, is it? That's true. I feel like that's one most people would definitely say physical over. <laughs> but, like, a lot of these other ones, up for debate, you know? I'm physical through and through. Like, a book, I want to hold it. I don't want to listen to it. I don't really want to read it on my Kindle or on my iPad. Video games, I want to own it movies like i don't want to own it digitally i want to own the actual like case are you into like the wall of, of nerd stuff? stuff yeah i mean look at our bookshelves right now i literally have a bookshelf all about manga i've got like a bookshelf like we have one right there with like the avatar stuff and zelda stuff and studio ghibli yeah i think we're well on our way you are definitely like buy the physical copy if you can sort of person yes even with like tv shows well, yeah, I mean, like, especially now how TV shows bounce around, because we don't have cable, so it's not like we can just, oh, this is on, let's record it, and then we can watch it, and it'll probably be on, you know, in a couple months from now when they decide to play it again. It's like, well, 
no, we have streaming, which means that if we want to watch something and it migrates, what are we going to do? Right. You know, like it's not there. Or if people decide to not stream it anymore, what are you going to do? You know, like, I just feel like it's easier and it's more, maybe more cost effective too. If like you actually crunch down the numbers from how many times you're switching and yada, yada, yada. That's just me. Could totally see that. You can also actually sell it or trade it after. Yeah. You know? And if you keep it for long enough, it might actually be worth something too. Even if right. it is used, you know? Yeah. Because not a lot of people like physical things anymore. Yeah, I mean, talking about video games specifically, there's a company that all they do is they make... They're, they're called limited run games. All they do is make physical copies of digital only games for a brief amount of time. Just however many copies are ordered or whatever they... I don't know what their exact system is. I'm sure it's different depending on the game. But if they if they choose this game and then that game now gets a physical version, all of a sudden the value of those physical copies goes way up. Mm-hmm. Because they're, you know, a limited amount yeah. that are being made here. So in that way, certainly a lot more valuable than if you were to just get the digital one, have that icon on your screen. Yeah. Plus what happens, like... If you decide to upgrade to a different system or you can't sell yeah. that, you know. Or when the grid collapses and we enter the apocalypse. Yeah. Or, if, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely that. But, like, if PlayStation decides to, like, what they did with the PS Vita and yep. take away the store and take, like, you can still play technically your games, but, like, you have no option of progressing so. Whereas, yeah, someone who had all the Vita games physically, they're fine. Yeah. Good points. Good points. Mm-hmm. I think I would tend to agree with all of that. Certainly with books has been a big thing for me recently. Um, it's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> I have calmed down, but there's a couple months there where I was buying a lot of books. But I'm such a sucker for digital sales. Yes, you are. Uh, so like it's so easy for me to just like get especially video games just get one digitally even though i think principle wise like as far as my principles are concerned i still would say get physical where you can how what's the percentage of games that you have that are digital versus physical oh it's like two percent to 98 percent (laughs) yeah at this point but it didn't used to be like that Obviously, because we're we're in a different time than we were even ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's gotten bad now. I had always heard about in the PC realm, like growing up, like early two thousands and stuff. They had Steam, and everything was pretty much digital. And I had always heard stories of people who would like have a Steam sale go on, and they'd buy all these small games that were on sale, and like you know twenty cents a piece or whatever. And then all of a sudden they have all these games and no way to play them. And it seemed so foreign to me at the time because everything I got was physical and like I went to Walmart to get it or I went to Target or to GameStop and like I picked it up and I went home that day and I played it. And now it's like, oh, I'm chilling at home and oh, that looks interesting. Oh, it's on sale. Okay, it's only 10 bucks right now. All right, yeah, I'll buy it and then maybe I'll get to it at some point. And then I just don't. <laughs> and my backlog continues to grow, which is why I started a podcast to go over my backlog. In any case, let's go ahead and jump into 
the news of this week, red or blue, in the past now, and let's talk some news. First, news topic, Sony buys Housemark, and they are also rumored right now to be buying Bluepoint. So Housemark is not a surprise to me, and the fact that this comes very quickly after the release of their last game is also not a surprise to me either. Uh, Returnal was the most recent release from them. That's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Uh, They're really well known for twin stick shooters, I guess is the best way to explain their company, but they've done all kinds of different stuff. Um, Super Stardust is their ilk. They also did Rezogun for the PlayStation 4, which was like a huge graphics showcase when the, the system first came out. And now with uh, Returnal, they're doing that with the PlayStation 5, just like showing off the particle effects and the the controller and all this stuff. So they've always been pretty closely tied to Sony and to their platform. And now Sony's just basically making that relationship official and buying them out and actually putting them under their first party studios. And I think that's great. I think good for Housemark and good for Sony. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think if it benefits both companies and, you know, nobody was forced to join in. I don't know, sometimes, like, when you get absorbed into a larger company, you kind of lose that, like, ability to make your own choices, ability to... um I don't know, just, like, lead and do your own thing and kind of, like, try different things. And so I think that would be my only fear if I was actually working for a company or in charge of a company like that would be, like, being able to keep my individuality as a company and making sure that, yes, like, we are under you and we work solely for you, but we still have our ideas. We, you know, expect you to respect that and, um, you know, all that. But hey, I mean, like, that's really cool. It'll be kind of interesting to see if there are a lot of different companies that end up getting bought out by some of the big name companies because apparently it's happening. Yeah, well, that's that's part of like what I said at the top of the show. And that's a perfect segue, actually, to what I really wanted to talk about with this particular news topic is basically an arms race that's going on right now between Microsoft and Sony. Microsoft just fully purchased Bethesda. Of course, they were heavily featured for E3. And Sony has kind of been following suit in their own little ways. I mean, they bought Insomniac, the Ratchet & Clank and Spider-Man developer, last year, or 2019. So a couple years ago now. Um, And now they just bought Housemark. And part of this news topic is that they are being rumored to buy Bluepoint as well, which would be a huge deal if they did that. Uh, Quick history, just for your sake, Karina. Bluepoint is a company that goes and does remakes for the most part. So they just remade Demon's Souls for the PS5. It's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. They also remade, um, why is this, the, not The Last Guardian, but Shadow of the Colossus for the PS4. Again, a Sony exclusive. 
And they've done several other remakes along those lines where they just like take older games and make them gorgeous and make them as refined as possible. Basically make it a brand new modern game. And they're the best of the business in that regard. Like their remakes are true remakes and they're always fantastic and they're always uh, very detailed and true to the original vision. They don't throw out everything that the person had done before. And so they, they're they a really, really great company. And the fact that Sony is... Right now it's a rumor. We don't know for sure. But it looks like they are going to be purchasing them up as well is a pretty big deal, I think. And who knows what Microsoft is going to do in response. And that that is kind of the story here is like these two behemoths are duking it out right now in what is essentially an arms race like they're trying to gather as many weapons to their side as possible and use those weapons against each other (laughs) and the weapons in this case are studios and i think this is just going to continue like i think this trend got kicked off on a in a big way when microsoft bought bethesda like that was such a big deal And because of that, I think we're just going to see more of this in the future. And I'm excited to see how that pans out. How do you feel about two massive companies owning everything in gaming? (laughs) Potentially. I mean, if that's what happens, that's what happens. Like, as long as there's two companies and it's not the one company that's, like, trumping the other. So you're okay as long as it's not a full monopoly? Yeah. I mean, you're always going to have indie developers. You're always going to have people that are going to be making... Like, more small companies are going to start up and are going to make a name for themselves, you know? So it's like, that's not going to stop happening. So it doesn't really bother me that two of the bigger companies are acquiring all these other... Or trying to acquire all these smaller companies because, I mean, it's just going to keep happening. I don't know. What if they bought Nintendo? I don't think that First would off, happen. Who, who between the two would you want to own Nintendo? I just don't... I can't really picture it. Anything is possible. <laughs> Nintendo is not a small name. No, it's not. Like, that's... They're not as high up, maybe, but... Yeah, I mean, that's like saying, do you think Sony would acquire Microsoft? Yeah, I mean, it's a little different because Nintendo's not all about the buying spree. And truth be told, they are not as lucrative of companies as Sony and Microsoft. And that's fair. Nintendo is pretty much just video games, right? Sony's got movies, they've got computers. Microsoft, same thing. They've got computers and uh, Microsoft office suites and all kinds of crazy products so they're definitely different beasts for Mm -hmm. sure i just think it'd be really interesting to have that conversation because microsoft and nintendo are are buddies they're like they're friends like you've got microsoft characters in smash bros like steve from minecraft uh banjo and kazooie and in a lot of other ways, Microsoft has been very friendly in letting a lot of their games be put on the Switch as well. 
So there's definitely a friendliness there. Not saying anything. I doubt anything's going to happen. Nintendo's too proud of a company, for one. They've been around for over one century. I was trying to think if it was two centuries, but it's not quite that long. Um, but it's it's almost like 150 years. It's like pretty close to that. So They've got very specific visions and very specific right. directions with what they do as well. They're very different. I don't think if they were to even be talked about being acquired by another company, I don't think that they would have those liberties to make those decisions at that point because someone's just going to slap their name on it and try to make money off of it even though it's not necessarily going to have the heart behind it that it does currently so like disney buying star wars (laughs) yes yes sad truth yeah which it happens but yep does happen well, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. I mean, it's it's really interesting, and things seem to only be getting more and more, I don't know, prevalent and intense with the whole situation, and I'm curious to see what happens next. We'll see if Microsoft punches back. This is kind of Sony... Punching they, back? Yeah. First punch? Yeah, they're punching back, and now, you know, this is round three of the boxing match. We'll see what happens. Number two on our news topics, Konami partners with the bloober team amidst silent hill rumors so this is a pretty crazy situation here um (laughs) do you remember us talking about how there was that game that came out and it was like a horror trailer that came out and everyone thought it was kojima oh yeah and everyone thought it was his work Mm -hmm. so this is that times a hundred it's like it is so crazy what is going on with these two companies here first off bloober team was being very overt in making silent hill references which is an old konami ip bloober team is its own separate um horror studio i'm trying to think of a game did you ever play um man what is it called it's that horror game I think you watched me play it for a little bit where you're like in a, a mansion. Layers of Fear. With the paintings? And with the paintings, mm-hmm. yeah. And you're kind of walking from the room. So that's Bloober Team. So they're, they've made like survival horror and they started to make like Konami references and they said that they're working on a game that starts with S and ends with L. Mm-hmm. Which makes everyone <laughs> think Silent Hill. And then they came out and denied allegations that they were doing anything with Silent Hill, that they were doing anything with Konami. It was the whole situation again of like, we're not Kojima. Um, We promise we're not working with them. Like all that sort of jazz, but with Konami here. And then this happens where they announce that they are working together, that they are partnering together. Bloober Team and Konami. And... It is just so crazy that after basically denying it all, now they're coming out and saying, oh yeah, actually we are working together. And they still will not confirm that it is Silent Hill. Which at this point, as far as I'm concerned, it's Silent Hill. Like what else could it possibly be? Like all the little clues are adding up to it being that. So such an interesting situation. And the, just the way that some of these companies handle the messaging is just so bizarre to me. 
And it's just confusing people, you know? And when it finally does get announced, I'm sure it's going to be super hype just because it is Silent Hill. But I don't know. Like, it's just such a weird way of handling all this and, like, hinting at something and then going back on the hint. Like, what? Like, if someone did this to you in real life, you would not be happy with them. No. (laughs) Is So I'm just trying to, like, get an idea. Is Konami behind Silent Hill? So Konami owns the IP. So Konami is an older Japanese game company who made all kinds of iconic series. So they did Metal Gear, that's where you get Solid Snake. Um, They did Castlevania, that whole series is Konami. Silent Hill is their other big one. I'm trying to think of others, like Ghosts and Goblins and stuff. So they have a lot of older series that have not really been continued into modern times because they got out of the video game making business for the most part Hmm. they stopped making games in like 2014 2015 they only do um what are those machines called it's kind of like a slot machine in japan they just make all kinds of like game focused they're basically slot machines i think they're called gotcha machines i might be wrong about that but and and they haven't been making anything with any of their ip so for them to now say okay yeah let's work with someone else and have them kind of make it yeah is a pretty big deal and bloober which is a really weird name for a horror studio (laughs) uh they're a good pick is what i would say i just think it's funny it's like I have, I like, this picture of the company, which is, like, this cute little kid, right? And they've got, like, a bag with a cat in it. And the cat, like, straight up jumps out of the bag. He's like, no. No, it wasn't a cat. No, the cat's not out of the bag. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. We just saw the cat. No, it's not a cat. Like, <laughs> I, I hope that you're right and that this is actually Silent Hill and that everybody, like, the rumors are basically true. Like, they're basically set in stone at this point even though they're not because I think it would be so funny. Like, how are they going to announce that? (laughs) There's going to be like, so we've been working on this project Silent Hill! And everyone's like, we knew. We saw the cat. (laughs) But they're all excited, like, ah, it's Silent Hill! You guys had no idea! And it's like, no, we knew. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and that's the problem with this whole situation. But at the same time, it's like, sweet. Yeah. Someone's working on Silent Hill. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Of course, I know you won't play it. No. But you can watch me play it. Sure. I have been thinking, babe, what? about doing a Resident <laughs> Evil series playthrough in the evenings. Do it. With you around to watch and be terrified. Yeah. I'm down. Anyway, just a thought. Yeah. We'll see. See what happens. Third major news topic of this week, and we'll pretty much wrap up with the news at this point. Dead Space is rumored to be either be rebooted or remade here. And this is a pretty exciting thing for me. I love the Dead Space franchise. I am so, I am so sad that it died out when it did. They are three of the greatest horror games ever made, in my opinion, and I cannot, I cannot tell you, I cannot express how excited this news, how excited this news has gotten me. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, I just can't connect with because you haven't played the game. No, so like, you have told me a little bit about the story though, and it yeah. sounds horrifying. Like the story is like the coolest part. Yeah, just like the lore and the way that like the world has played out to this point is so cool and so fun. Um, there are like spinoff movies and spinoff books, and I've pretty much seen all the spinoff movies and I read one of the spinoff books and I just was super into the lore and most horror series don't really do that or at least if they do it's in a really dumb way yeah but this one's cool um and it's in space you know space horror yeah I think is the worst horror (laughs) yeah I'm pretty sure like to me like although if you're thinking about it like I would much prefer that over like demons and ghosts like to me that's like cheap horror that's like well of course it's gonna be freaky because it's demons and ghosts but like if you get a good space horror story like that's like actually well-written story well-written like thought out of so, it's fun. Yeah, and I can get behind that. Like, I can support that 100%. And I would 100% be down to watch you play through these. <laughs> I don't personally want to play through them, though. That's the difference. I hope. So, the big rumor right now is that this is a remake, not a reboot. And the difference being, of course, a reboot is like Star Wars 7. Sure, continuing. Whereas a remake is remaking Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah. So. I hope that this is a reboot, personally, just because... I mean, to be honest, a remake of one would be really cool in, like, modern graphics and everything, just like they did with Resident Evil 2 or something. But my fear is that that means that we won't get a trilogy, if that makes sense. Like, what I want is a package of the first three games. One, two, and three. And just have the trilogy there for me to get... Whereas, if they make a remake, I don't see an incentive to re-release the first one again. So at that point, it's like, oh, okay, so are you gonna... I just feel like they're not... They wouldn't have any incentive to release the original three if they're doing a remake. Because at that point, you want everyone to buy the remake. Yeah. You don't want everyone to buy the old one. Yeah. And you don't want to put out hype by putting out the first three... And then nobody buy the remake because you just they just played through the first one. Yeah. Again, you know. But if it's so, you want the original as a trilogy, or do you want? I want the yeah. I want the first three just how they were, just on a disc or whatever for me to play. And then I would I would prefer a that reboot. this was a reboot and this was Dead Space Four, because then it's a whole new thing. What if the reboot turns out into Star Wars Seven? I mean, you still got. Still got Star Wars 4, 5, and 6. Like, that sounds like they're still there. They're still good. That's fine. Yeah. Whereas, and I feel like if they did a remake, it'd be good. It'd be fun. The first Dead Space is super good. So, like, I'm sure it'd be great, but I just don't... It's not my preferred way of handling, bringing back this franchise. Yeah. Personally. So, totally personal note. Of course, my opinion matters zilch on this whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> well, they're going to com- do what they want to do. Yeah. I mean, if you're thinking about it, like the company is going to try to do something that they know is going to make them money. So. Right. And that's like logistically, I don't know what would make them more money. Like, because if you, if you release one to three, you can sell that, make money. And then four, sell that, make money. But maybe just one remake and people know it's going to be good because it's it's based off the first game. 
might be the better better way. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. But I'm super excited to see what plays out here just because the fact that we haven't had a Des Pace game in literally like 10 years is enough for me to get excited here. So Cool. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Other news topics. Rapid fire here. Fallout 4's dog star, so the actual dog that was then modeled into the game, passed away. His name was Dogmeat in the game. And there was some sad tributes that I saw to That's so sad. that whole situation. Yeah, very sad. So shout out to Dogmeat and to his role in that particular video game. Number two, Ghost of Tsushima's Director's Cut is announced for PS4 and PS5. Looking forward to that. They also announced a new island. So like a whole new expansion, part of the world. So I will probably definitely pick that part of it up. Probably, definitely. We'll see. What ha- I don't know how they're going to like release that. Like If I have to buy the Director's Cut to get it, I don't think I will. But if it's just a, an extra DLC like download DLC, on the side, yeah. I don't know how they're going to handle it. So we'll see. But... That's coming out. Number three, Kazuya, of course, is now available in Smash Bros. So go and pick up the new DLC character. You can also play as Dante, Shante, and the Dovahkiin, which I'm sure will excite a lot of people, but only as me fighters. So don't get too excited out there. That was a pretty big gut punch to fans of those characters. Number four, PlayStation Plus games for July have been announced. On the PlayStation 5, you can play A Plague Tale Innocence. On the PS4, you've got Black Ops 4 coming your way, as well as WWE 2K Battlegrounds. This whole list for me is meh, and I will move on from that. BioWare's Casey Hudson has started his own gaming company. Casey Hudson, of course, an industry veteran, has been around for several decades now, and he left his original company, where he helped to develop Halo where he helped to develop Destiny, two huge franchises, and now he's doing his own thing. So he said they started on a new IP, that they're focused on quality, you know, you use a bunch of generic words or whatever. So we'll see what comes <laughs> out of that. But Casey Hudson doing his own thing. Number six, Breath of the Wild's Impossible Chest has finally been opened. So this was pretty crazy. And I'll explain it to you because I don't have the video in front of me to show you, but... Uh, I guess there's a chest. I don't remember what part of the... It's like... I think it's on the coast where you have most of the villages. Just like that water where you have that one island that you can go to. Mm-hmm. That's like way off and you like get stripped of everything when you get there. Yeah. Um, I think it's in that area. But there was a chest like 60 meters under the water that people had identified. But as soon as you start to move Link toward it or you like use some cheats to try to get close to it it would sink further down. Oh. And like the closer you got to it, it just go further and further away. So it was like obviously not intended to be picked up. Yeah. And so people were trying to figure out like how to get to it <laughs> and how to kind of manipulate it without just completely breaking the game. Like they wanted to like legitimately find a way to get to it. And so the way that this guy gets it is insane. It is so crazy. He like glitches like way down underneath the water and then he kind of like puts a little platform for himself and then he freezes it, shoots it a bunch, throws a he just like he uses like bombs, arrows, the um, stasis. How is he doing this underwater? Well, it's a glitch. So like 
Oh, I see. He glitched out basically underneath the world oh, and he's like okay. shooting at it above him. <laughs> but then he like uses the gale wind to kind of like float up to it. Anyway, it just like it took so much time and effort and then he finally gets it to the point where he can grab it with the magnesis mm-hmm. and then he pulled it close to him and then he opened it up and it was just an amber. <laughs> <laughs> so he went through all this work and it was nothing. But anyway, the impossible chest <laughs> It was has the journey that mattered. Yeah, it was the journey, not the destination. Um, That's funny. Last thing that I'll mention here for this week, indie publishers are fed up with Sony. So... A particular indie publisher, I'm not going to mention his name, posted on Twitter this whole thread where he was just basically venting about dealing with Sony and just the way that they have very convoluted rules for how to upload a game. Uh, They're really bad at getting back to you. Just their customer service is atrocious. They have weird, like, things. Like, they'll they'll tell you, like, oh, this wasn't approved because of X, So we need that fixed, but then they won't tell you where to fix it or why that was a problem. And so they're just really bad at communicating. And then on top of that, they don't care about independent games really at all, unless it's one that's like built up its own hype. Like they're not going to promote unless it's being promoted already on its own. And they're very stingy. I guess it came out that like, if you want to be on the front of the PlayStation store, you have to pay like. $25,000 just to be on the front page. So, like, otherwise, games that are released are put into the new games category, which is, like, you go down to what's hot, and then you have to go over two pages and then click on new games because the new games that are shown there are, like, the ones that they're promoting. And then it'll show you the whole list of games that are actually brand new. So it's just a whole mess of a situation, and obviously it's probably been like this for years and years, but several indie publishers retweeted the guy and were saying, like, we totally agree with this, it's a big pain, and not to say Microsoft and Nintendo aren't, yeah, but Sony in particular is pretty bad about it, so just another news story, something that was riling up the industry this week. Any thoughts on any of that? Before we move on. All of it or the last Any or part? all. Mm. No, I have no thoughts. Okay. I am thoughtless. Thoughtless on this point. Yes. Let's jump into the pick or skip then. Games released this week and whether we think you should pick it or skip it. Karina, what is your pick? My pick is called Mina and Michi. And it looks like this really cute it's like a top-down game and i think it's technically you can play it with two people but um if you're not playing with two people then it's basically just like you're controlling both characters and so it's kind of like a puzzle solving game like you're trying to get past the different levels and you're working together with your little um character and you're basically just like going around this land and trying to like beat it bad guys and make your way and it just it looks so cute like the art is so cute i don't know anything about the story but i think it's the fact that it's like 
So you're controlling both Mina and Michi at the same time? Yeah, like, I think you have that option. I don't know, actually, if it is multiplayer. Because it says see. player one and then player one over yeah. their heads. So you can play it with two people, or if you're playing just a solo, then you're controlling both. Which so I, I feel, feel like, like it's probably built more for two players then. Probably? I have no idea. It just I looks just, really cute. I guess I'm just wondering what it would be like to play as just one person. Probably not be as fun. I'm sure it's like... Um, Luigi's Mansion, where you have Gooigi, and yeah, but I didn't like Gooigi. <laughs> well, I mean, that's your opinion. Yeah, so that's fair. Like, yes, I'm sure it would be fun to play with two people, but at the same time, like, you still have to figure out the puzzles the same way. Yeah, and it's and I don't know if you mentioned this, but just from what you showed me, it looks like an old Zelda game. Yeah, like it's so it's that kind of look. Yeah. So that's cool. It's like a top-down, like... Yeah, it looks cute. That's my pick. My pick, which I stole kind of from you. No, you didn't steal it. But I picked it before you got to pick it, is Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, which was just released yesterday on multiple platforms. Um, It's actually a re-release. That's why it's called Plus. Uh, This game came out, what, like 20... 15 20 no 2017 it was like probably 17 yeah crazy crazy time i remember when this game first came out and like hearing the rumors about it and i just knew i shouldn't spoil like this was at that point in my life like i reached a point in life with spoilers Mm -hmm. where i 2017 2017 sorry had to look it up okay so got that clarified Mm -hmm. But I remember just like reaching a point in my life where like I figured it was better to just be off the internet, to stay away from spoilers, and just to enjoy something when I get to it, you know? Because I was so bad in my teen years of like just spoiling everything and reading every rumor, and if like a script leaked or something like that, I'd read all about it. Yeah. And I remember with Doki Doki just like hearing about it and thinking, okay, I don't want to know anything about it. If I get around to playing it, I will. And I don't remember why I got it or why we played it together. But I remember the first time I played it was sitting down with you. Yeah. And playing it. Yeah. And it being... So basically the whole setup is like a... I guess you call it a graphic novel where you're kind of a new character in this what ends up being a literature club, obviously. There's like a specific term for these games though. Because, like, you're the main character and you're choosing and, like, you're talking. Like, there's a specific... I don't know what that term is. But it's all dialogue, right? It's all just you're reading what they're saying and then you're picking the response back. I'm pretty sure that's just called a graphic novel. Maybe an adventure game. Um, But it's anime looking. It's a bunch of cutesy girls. Like, it's very much, like, something that would not typically be appealing to me. (laughs) Like, it's kind of... It looks like a little kid's game. But when you start to play it, oh my goodness, is it not that? And in so many ways, it just subverts your expectations and terrifies you and really sets you on edge. Like, I remember feeling very, I don't know what the word is, not uncomfortable, but just like tense Yeah. while playing it's it. It's very intense. Yeah. It's and very it's, graphic. It's, it's very cr- dark. Yep. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be and that's all i want to say about it like i don't want to explain why it's dark 
but it's it's fun and it's it's a cool situation when you end up kind of figuring out what goes on with it and yeah so it's a cool experience it's not super long i don't know it probably took us like like two hours maybe yeah i want to say it's like ma yes i think so just yeah be aware of that yeah. don't just go if you're like 11 years old don't just go downloading it oh yeah no, this is not for kids not good. <laughs> yeah don't do that even though it looks like it is which is why this is such an it's interesting experience deceiving. yeah yeah it's very deceiving in that way so pick it up if you can of course it was just on pc so now it's on like you can pick it up on your switch right now so yeah play it I don't, i'm not sure what they add with plus but i think it's a really cool experience yeah and one that you should go into blind if you can. I did pick this over Mario Golf. I just want to state that because that came out pretty recently as well. And that's because I think Doki Doki is a better experience. Mm. That's all I'll say about it. Wow. So Doki Doki is better than Mario Golf. That is impressive. So pick it up. What's your skip? My skip. I am... A little unfamiliar with how it is pronounced. It is pronounced, or it is spelled out, Kikarino? 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 Kicking who what? Kicking, huh? Kikarin. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you say it like that, it's a little sketch. Um, Kikarin ho. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, world. <laughs> to finish off the uh, title. Basically, this is a simulator game where you are literally just juggling a soccer ball. Oh. So, all you're doing is juggling a soccer ball. That's it. Why is it? So, that's why it's called Kicker. Yeah. But why Inho? I have no idea. I looked it up (laughs) online and all it did was like... Give me, like, you can download it here. You can do this. Go if you want to get on your phone. Mobile games. You know, like, it didn't actually tell me, like, what the uh, history is behind it. Oh. Um, first of all, how, like, how long can you play a game like this? For, like, five minutes? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, you can only play it so much because you're only doing one thing. You're just pressing a button and like in the video that it shows it does look like there are like some like rings around the soccer ball kind of like hold it here for a couple seconds and then press the button again or let go of the button and it'll like kick it back up so like i'm sure you can rack up a decent amount of points but it's kind of like one of those never-ending games where it's like it's just a time waster like there's no story there's no point to it how much is it it's five dollars so that's probably more than I would want to spend on something yeah. like this. But like the graphics aren't that great. It, yeah, I'm just a little unsure like <laughs> why there's this like series of games like this and who's buying them. Like I get that sort of game when it's on mobile. Yeah. And if it were free. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. $5? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's why this game is my skip. What's your skip? My skip is Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, the official video game. Came out June 22nd, multiple platforms. I just, I'm not a big sports games guy, 
but especially when it's kind of a generic sports game like this, like because it's the Olympics, it's a bunch of little events and they're all very basic. Yeah. Um, if and they were like I'm, Sonic though. Well, that's the problem. Is it's just basic. Well, like because you had what Mario and Sonic yeah. at the Olympic Games yeah. for several years, which is cool. Yeah. Like music is always really loud. Yeah, very loud, yes. very interesting arcade experience. If you can go play one at the arcade, like sure, yeah. whatever. But this isn't that. Yeah. First off, they're not doing Mario and Sonic anymore. It's just Sonic at the Olympic Games, which is kind of lame. But this doesn't even have that. So like no mascot, fun characters that you know to play with. It's just weird, not even like as good looking as Mies. <laughs> like generic weird, yes, yeah, super generic <laughs> characters and you're playing all these sports in very shallow basic ways. You're not going to get the nuance of MLB the show in their baseball, you know. And you're not going to get I mean, there's not a whole lot of like track and field games, I guess, out there. But you're just not going to get all the details and nuance of what would actually go into that sort of experience. Mm-hmm. Plus, who buys an Olympic Games game? Just who? Like, I get NFL. Like, I get Madden, okay? I get even FIFA and soccer. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, because those games are intricate and they, you can kind of like see the rules of maybe your favorite sport played out in a digital fashion. But the video game for the Olympics is shallow. The Olympics themselves are already kind of boring unless you like are watching it 24 7 and catch a really cool moment on day six after 10 hours of watching. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to find it. I want to see it. I just, I don't know. Like, who wants to have that in a video game format? I just don't understand it. So skip it. Because I don't like it, you have to skip it. All right? Oh. I mean, you can defy me and go buy it, but you will regret spending that money. So mm. that's on you. All right. And with that said, we are going to wrap up the podcast this week thank you for listening to the red pixel podcast if you have any comments or feedback please email us at askvgb at gmail.com and we will see you all next week with the fresh topics on the markets of video games karina do you have a final word thanks for tuning in come back next week